0: That healing feeling. I'm Torsi and I created this podcast talking all things well-being, what makes us feel the absolute best in ourselves, and how we overcome challenges and heal with positivity and strength. It was amazing to speak to the lovely Grace Kingswell this week all about the healing power of food and how nutrition is incredibly important for our individual journeys with health. We begin the episode by exploring how Grace was inspired to build a career in the field of nutrition and how it was her own healing journey that exposed her to the power of root cause medicine. We discuss so many important and illuminating topics in this episode, such as mental health, veganism, sustainability, diet culture, sugar, emotional eating and traditional Chinese medicine. We also speak about two passions of mine, breath work and cold water swimming, which Grace is also a massive advocate of. I am so excited for you to hear this episode and I really hope that you enjoy. I know you're so busy, so thank you so much for coming. That's no, it's fine, looking forward to it. Yeah, I
2: don't know why, like, I'm not normally this busy, but so <laughs> the last few weeks have just
0: been mental, but. Um, yeah, especially in, like you gone into lockdown as well.
2: Yeah, it's weird to be feeling busier during lockdown. Like, I feel like everything should have slowed down. But I think, for me, everyone, it makes everyone realize that they need to, like, take care of their health.
0: So I've just had so many new patients recently. Yeah, um, yeah of course. Let's just get get straight into it then. I'm so excited to speak to you. Oh. So basically my podcast is all about kind of the things that make us feel our absolute best and coming through challenges and building positivity and strength through those challenges. But I just would love to speak to someone about kind of the healing power that food has. so obviously like it's what we're taking into our body. Um,
1: mm.
0: And I feel like food has such an impact on my mental health in terms of when I feel like I'm giving my body what it needs it makes me feel great so I just really want to speak to you and just to start I would love to kind of speak to you about growing up and like did health and wellness have a place in your life when you were younger?
2: Absolutely, Um, I mean I always count myself really lucky that my mum when I was growing up was very kind of on the holistic side so um, I saw a traditional Chinese medicine doctor from a really young age and um, continued to see him all throughout my adolescence and adulthood um, and She is an amazing cook, nothing like super fancy but just incredible flavors, really, really fresh you know natural ingredients we weren 't the kind of household that had loads of like sweets and crisps and stuff in in the cupboards. It was all like, we had puddings and desserts, but it was all homemade by my mum. And I remember like twice going to McDonald's and it was because my brother and I, and I was talking to my mum about this the other day, she was like, you absolutely begged me. Um, But yeah, so, so generally really healthy growing up. But for me, what was really interesting is that I ostensibly had a really healthy diet in comparison to a lot of my school friends but actually I was always the one that felt rubbish and so I think I placed a lot of emphasis on food because it like you said it's it is that one tangible thing that you can kind of hold on to and control as an individual like if you don't feel that well it's like oh, it must be what I'm eating like I need to cut out gluten I need to do this I loved food and I still do I'm really really passionate about it and I'm a huge foodie but When I was growing up, and up until you know quite recently, I also like really clung to it as something that I felt like it was you know the be all and end all. And actually, when you start kind of learning and understanding and you know how the body works, food and diet is crucial, but it's not the only thing that's fundamental for our health.
0: Yeah, I know exactly, and it's it kind of emphasises that individual nature of healing as well. Like everyone is different, and this is why I'm so interested to speak to you about because you have a focus on functional medicine.
2: Um, mm-hmm. I'd
0: love to, just for anyone who doesn't understand what functional medicine is, What? how would you define functional medicine in terms of nutrition?
2: So functional medicine, I guess you could call it root cause medicine. So it's trying to figure out why someone is experiencing the symptoms they're experiencing. So typically these days, if you go to your GP with... Um, Uh, a fungal infection in your toenail, for example, or really bad eczema or something like that, they'll give you a topical cream to treat the symptoms. But essentially, although that's great for the short term because we go away and it works instantly and you know we're like, oh, I can't see anything wrong anymore. If there's an imbalance deep within your body that's causing that infection in your toenail, like for example, it could be related to dysbiosis in your gut, for example. then by just treating the symptoms, we haven't got to the root cause and we haven't actually um, treated the problem. So functional medicine does that. It's like a whole body systemic approach to, um, you know, what essentially what is happening to you. And I'm um, so I'm a nutritional therapist. I am not registered to the Institute of Functional Medicine. I mean, I wish I was, it's, it's a hell of a road and so much studying to get there, but I, um, in the way that I practice with patients, I practice functionally. So I do a lot of functional testing, whether that's blood work or stool analysis or hormone panels. Um, and then yeah, I treat like the whole body as one and try and find the root cause of what's causing the problem.
0: I love that. I think it's, it's so clear to me that kind of in like Western medicine, we wait until we get ill And then we worry about it. Um, Totally. And actually, you know, we could all do so much more by
2: actually just taking a little bit more responsibility for the way that we're feeling and thinking to ourselves, you know, oh, I've got really bad lower back pain. I'm just going to like go to the GP and expect him to fix it. When actually, you know, that's like a lifestyle shift. You know, what are you doing during your day? Are you stretching? Are you mobilizing? Are sitting down too much? What's your posture like? You know, same with like um, any kind of, you know, health ailment. It's like we expect someone that's only got 10 minutes to see us to understand how our body's working. Whereas I will sit with someone for two hours when I first meet them and go through their whole life. Um, So it's, yeah, I think it's just, you know, you know your body better than
0: anyone else. So let's like take responsibility for our health. Completely. And what was it that inspired you then to become nutritional therapist was there kind of a particular reason that you found yourself drawn to that kind of career yeah I mean
2: like I said to you I I was always felt a bit rubbish growing up um and I ended up having a few health concerns along the way as actually pretty much every nutritional therapist does it's it's really rare to find someone that's in this industry who hasn't had personal experience of functional medicine or nutritional therapy so I um I found myself just feeling so low and so rubbish, and en- I had no energy, I had this like terrible eczema all over my body, I was breaking out in like rashes and swellings, and terrible, terrible gut symptoms and I went to a functional medicine practitioner, um, who's also a naturopath actually, and started working with her and by this stage i'd already done like a lot of my own research i was like like i said she was always really interested in health and nutrition growing up and started working with her and we discovered that i had SIBO, which is a bacterial overgrowth in your small intestine and then we sort of started to just like unpick these layers of this huge onion and you know it was sort of like one thing after another and, and healing actually is never linear it's always really difficult and up and down and you know so many things cropped up so many other either named conditions or just you know deficiencies and anyway i just started to think like i really want to be able to do what you do it's so fascinating how she could figure out what was happening in my body um and at the time after I started working with her, I moved to Australia with my now husband. And um, I was really unhappy there because I, the visa that I was on, I couldn't really work. And I'd graduated from uni with a degree in languages anyway and then decided I wanted to work in fashion. And I just, I didn't really know what I was doing. And I'd started working with this practitioner. And I just thought, I'm so interested in this. Like, I just really want to. And it was selfish to begin with because it was, I wanted to fix myself. Um, and I just started studying when um, I was in Australia and sort of carried on when we got home. And yeah, after that, just sort of one thing led to another. And I'm, I'm sort of 50% patience, I'd say, and then 50% all the other stuff, which I love to do, which is podcasts and writing yeah. for
0: health and wellness brands and all of that stuff. So
2: yeah, I guess it was, it was born out of wanting to be able to fix myself.
0: Yeah. And I love what you said about um, that healing isn't linear, because I mean, that's so important. It is really challenging when you kind of have those setbacks. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, again, that's that's something else that's born out
2: of our Western culture of medicine, because when we go to our doctor, healing is linear because they either give us a drug or some prescription that is designed to treat that specific thing that we have. And it works. Yeah. But you know, these days the, the people that I see have tried all these routes and what they have is kind of unexplained or you know, it's not able to be labelled in a box. So it's really difficult because it's, you know, a lot of trial and error, a lot of testing, a lot of, you know, waiting for results, trying this, trying that. And it can be really demoralising. I mean, it was for me because you start making progress and then you have a huge setback and it just feels, you know, it it can be really hard. And I think, yeah, for people to Understand how nutritional therapy works and to be prepared that you know it's it's often a long road and it's
0: it's yeah, not linear yeah. at all. We need we need patience, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, these challenges they are challenging mentally, so obviously, in terms of healing our bodies, it's a we see it as quite a physical thing, but obviously, when we're going through a period like this, for me, my mental health really did suffer. And I, I mean, I did, mm. I'm, I'm not gonna say maybe that was the same for you, but I feel like with these, when we are going through a period of healing it is very kind of normal to feel super low in our mental health as well. I mean, I definitely have experienced that as well. Yeah. And I feel like there is a real link between mental health and nutrition that isn't Mm -hmm. seem to be, as in, like it's visible, but I feel like people don't understand the massive benefits that nutrition can give our mental health.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I actually think about this a lot when I'm, I write a lot of blogs for, um, health and wellness brands and you know mental health is such a huge topic at the moment and it's fantastic that we're all talking about it and you know i often see things that say you know like anxiety is not your fault or you know depression is not your fault which is a hundred percent true and i'm not saying that it is but um you know anxiety depression they're cases of often cases of, of like neurological inflammation and once we learn that, we can understand, you know, we can apply the same principles that we would apply in, in elsewhere in the body at calming inflammation. So, you know, dietary fats, like clever supplementation, blood-brain barrier, um, you know, what's going on in the gut, you know, the the, the conversation that happens between, you know, via the vagus nerve, between the brain and the gut. Um, so interesting. Yeah. And often, you know, people... Um, even something as simple as gluten Um, some people cannot have any digestive symptoms related to eating gluten but they can actually have really bad depression or mental illness and it's down to gluten because of the action it has in our body so it is really really connected and whilst I totally agree and I'm so supportive of the conversation and the dialogue that's happening around mental health I do want people to know that they, they can make huge changes via their diet You know, even something as simple as balancing your blood sugar and not having as much dietary sugars is gonna help so yeah there's a lot there's a lot to be said and i think there's yeah definitely part of the conversation that's not being as talked about at the moment
0: no i completely agree with what you're saying in the sense that it is amazing there's a conversation around and i i I really love it but like you say it's completely not anyone's fault that they're in that position but it's really important to know that we do have the tools to take responsibility and improve our experience yeah. um, I also do think there's so much information out there and it's so hard to kind of navigate I think for some people and I feel very lucky that I feel like I really kind of have a grounding in nutrition that really feel, like makes me feel great and makes my body feel great but it is so challenging I think for some people who aren't in that privileged position of understanding nutrition yeah. Um,
2: yeah.
0: especially in terms of kind of this diet culture uh I'd love to kind of know your opinions on this. I think there's so much kind of unsustainable diet information out there. Um and I'd love to kind of know this. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. And actually, you know, like it's all it's all fueled by Instagram. Like, let's be honest. We yeah. all love Instagram. We all love social media. I I do, like i I enjoy being on it. But um <laughs> one of the reasons I don't really post that much, you probably noticed uh, in my bio it says nutritionist, but I barely post about health and nutrition um because i just get so fed up of seeing i don't know i just think it's a hard space to really convey uh, a proper message and often you get a lot of hatred i've moved all of my health content over to patreon and um people that that follow me there know that they're going to get really in-depth blog posts about you know certain topics you know i just think diet and diet culture It's about simplicity and it's about common sense. You know, think about humans, think about how we've evolved, think about where we live geographically. And then we can start to see that, yes, it's really important to eat seasonally because actually right now in the UK, we don't have boundless amounts of sunshine. Therefore we don't have really sweet foods naturally growing. So therefore why would you eat a massively sweet, you know, date filled cake, that even though it's like natural sugar, you know, on a cellular level, it's not going to speak to our bodies right now. What is going to speak to our bodies right now are what we have available, apples, pears, you know, um, sweet uh, root vegetables that are all in season. So stripping it back to basics, you know, like getting in color and variety and abundance in the plant-based kingdom and then making sure that you've got good quality sources of protein and good quality sources of healthy fats. I mean, to me, it doesn't get more complicated than that. Yeah. And that's how I try to portray it on Instagram. If I do post what I'm having for breakfast, it's like I just do that. It's like pr- good quality protein, healthy fats, loads of rainbow vegetables. And, you know, this culture of like smoothie bowls and overnight oats and like, you know, wellness foods and superfoods. And, you know, they all have their place, don't get me wrong. But if we actually want sustainable, simple basic understanding of nutrition it is as simplistic as that it is as simplistic as what does our body need it needs an array of like micronutrients and phytonutrients from the plant kingdom and that comes from the color and the diversity of, of veggies and it needs good quality source of protein because protein is the building blocks of life you know every cell in our body needs protein and we need healthy fats and i like to try and try and keep it as simple as that just otherwise yeah. it just gets you know i just can't i can't abide like you know these fruitarian diets and like oh my gosh No, oh, don't no i
0: don't can't <laughs> no, can't I, I honestly love it how you're just bringing it back to basics because i think it's become so complicated and mm. it needs to be and also like you were saying with kind of these like wellness foods it it kind of builds this picture that eating a healthy diet needs to be really expensive
2: Completely, and, yeah.
0: yeah. And I'm just like, no, it really doesn't. Like you say, it's kind of bringing it back to basics with just really good fruit and veg and health fats and protein, and mm. you can source these from the not a massively expensive budget. Um, yeah. But I think it has kind of been portrayed in the media to be, if you want to be really healthy, you have to kind of pay a lot of money to be so. Um, yeah.
2: There's also, you know, we all want quick fixes and we all want that like one superfood that's going to revolutionize our health. We don't want to put the effort in ourselves and actually, we're just you know, lazy really. <laughs> yeah, so lazy. And, you know, you could have a smoothie in the morning filled with like all of these powders and potions and everything like that. And like I said, often they have a place, like if yeah. someone's completely sick and they need you know, they, they would really benefit for, for, from some like medicinal mushrooms or some sort of an adaptogen to help their stress response, then fair game. But at the same time, you know, that kind of like smoothie with protein powder and greens and, and like spiruline and all that stuff is great. Also, you can just look to nature and have some eggs because I always just say, like, an egg, like, you know, a simple boiled egg is is nature's superfood. And everything that's everything inside an egg, it's not a very vegan opinion or or thing to say. But, you know, nature has its own superfoods. But as humans, we've we've kind of just isolated all these like exotic things that come from, you know, the Amazon or wherever it is. And actually, like, I prefer just to get my superfoods from the foods that are naturally occurring in my environment. Yeah. um, And take things from there.
0: I would love to speak to you about veganism, actually, because I actually am a vegan, <laughs> oh. but I'm not someone who thinks that everyone should go vegan if it doesn't mm. work for them completely. Um, but obviously, there is this kind of message at the moment being like, go more plant-based. Yeah. Uh, what What do you kind of think about this? And obviously, like for me, I'm very kind of grounded in like our environmental, planetary health. So I do, yeah. I do definitely advocate a more plant-based diet. But like you are saying, I think it's really, really important to make sure you're getting. All yeah is and i feel like because i'm in a position where i feel quite privileged to understand my body and understand nutrition i feel grounded to do so but what would you say for someone who kind of wants to go more plant-based but i think it's really important to say that it can be very unhealthy to do so
2: um, yeah and you know i think what you're saying is totally correct i i always say if you are healthy and thriving as a vegan go you that's amazing and if you you know you're on top of your bloods and you make sure you're not deficient in you know those key nutrients that are hard to find on a vegan diet then great you know amazing the the thing for me is that most of the people i see are sick and actually their bodies either struggle to assimilate and digest um, nutrients or they just need that those kind of higher levels of of key nutrients that are found in in the animal kingdom um I am also really pro plant based. You know, for me, meat is. I think it's Dr. Hyman, um, Mark Hyman, who's like very, very, very top of the the functional medicine um, Institute of Functional Med in America. Uh, he says that meat, meat for him is is a condiment, so like a condiment. So you know, <laughs> veg, so like veg and abundance and diversity and colour is the main event, and then he uses you know the animal foods um, just a small amount, but they are there. Yeah, and that's kind of what my diet is like too. I've never been a huge meat eater, um, but I. I know that I personally feel better with it in my diet. You know, I am someone that struggles with my health. Um, I have really, really low ferritin levels. So my iron stores are incredibly, incredibly low. And it's something I'm working through. And I know that when I eat red meat, I instantly feel better. And for me personally, to be a good human and to actually care about the environment and be in a position to be energetic enough and healthy enough to do good in the world, I need to feel good myself. Mm -hmm. So... I place my emphasis on sourcing good produce. You know, I try and buy local. I try and buy grass fed. Um, You know, I
1: I won't be. Hold up.
0: Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts
1: nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com
2: buying this like terrible beef that's been pumped full of chemicals and grain that they've had to grow at expense of the environment you know i when i lived in london i shopped exclusively at dalesford which i know is a huge privilege because it's expensive yeah but when you're buying really small amounts of meat and you're buying sensible cuts like stewing beef that you just put a small amount of in it in a lovely veggie stew it is actually affordable um and you know I knew where that had come from um I knew how it had been reared I knew that it had been ethically um butchered so I try and do my bit in that way um but I I yeah I'm, I'm totally all there for vegans that feel fantastic. But if you come and see me in my clinic and you're on a vegan diet and it's a poor vegan diet and you feel terrible and your energy's low and you have multiple nutrient deficiencies, then that's when I start to find it a bit difficult to agree with continuing it at the expense of of feeling terrible.
0: No, I I literally couldn't agree more with what you're saying. Um, And it's just so important to do what works for us. Some people would maybe try and go down that plant-based route and honestly, it can be so easy to be unhealthy as a vegan honestly I feel yeah, like it takes a lot of effort to do it right, right? It doesn't it be, I have to put so much kind of mindfulness into it but honestly it would be so it can be so easy to do so and I feel like there's this kind of false image that if you're vegan you're extremely healthy because you mm. it's really not always the case I do massively with what you're saying I love what you said about the fact that for you to kind of have an input into sustainability or environmental health. You kind of need to feel really good in yourself, and to do so, you need to eat a little yeah, bit here and there. Speaking from experience, you know, when you are
2: unhealthy and and really really poorly, you become incredibly selfish. And I remember my husband saying to me a few years ago, I was kind of when I was sort of at rock bottom with with my health and everything. You know, he said, "You're not a selfish person, but you are self-obsessed at the moment, and you have to be to heal because you've got yeah. to focus." all your energy on you know everything you're doing and you've got to be unwavering in your approach and you know taking your supplements getting you know sleeping you know not compromising your your health in any kind of way and it's a really really selfish endeavor and when you are in that state and you don't feel well as humans we always are going to look after number one it's just like survival of the fittest yeah so that's why in order to actually be like a philanthropic person and to try and do good in the world and you know I, I try and do my part in other ways like I've I ditched fast fashion ages ago. Um, I buy local and sustainable. Everything in my house is like pretty eco and and you know, then it, it requires energy and that energy and that mental input you need to be feeling healthy otherwise you're not gonna care because it's like I just need to feel better and that's all yeah. I care about today. So
0: no I yeah. think that's I think it's such an amazing attitude. And yeah, no, I would love to speak a little bit about sugar and kind of obviously in we- a modern Western society, there's a massive kind of obesity epidemic, but it causes a lot of inflammation. Am I right in saying that? Mm. And I've just, yeah, I'd love to speak about this and how you think people need to kind of, how people should potentially alter this. Because um, I feel like in in modern society, like, I mean, kids are, kids are growing up and they're just used to kind of it being normal to have a lot of sugar in their diets yeah
2: i think that's a really good place to start actually because one thing i think is really important to point out is that um breast milk is really sweet so we're kind of on the back foot from the beginning we as babies we get a taste for this sweet stuff and we're like "Oh, that's really nice and then as um, parents start to wean wean kids at the moment well it just seems to be that you know what they start them on is pureed um, sweet potato, pureed carrots you know the the really sweet yeah. vegetables yeah. and actually you know if we started our kids off with like more of the bitter food so if we brought in those greens earlier on like maybe pureed broccoli mixed with a bit of carrot we might start to adapt our taste buds earlier on but you're certainly right you know and there's also that whole Reward, treat, and reward system. When we're kids, and if you do your piano practice, you can have some chocolate. It's a good bargaining tool. A lot of us, a lot of us, turn to it, and we start to associate sugar with um, achievement or feeling happy or something that we need to pick us up when we feel down. You know, like we have a breakup and we go and eat ice cream, or you know, and that's what's portrayed on the movies, or you know, it's like. It is really hard and it, it's just this culture that we, we seem to just have and it's difficult to kind of get out of. Um, sugar is really bad for your gut health. It's really terrible for your blood sugar. Um, it, it, it's just numerous reasons why it doesn't need to be as big a feature in our diets. And like I was saying earlier, as um, British people, our natural environment and our soil and our climate doesn't yield us any of these like super sugary fruits um it's not really you know common for us so yeah it's something I mean I talk about blood sugar and balancing blood sugar with every single one of my patients and without a doubt everyone feels better when they have less it's really addictive um and you know that I think as well one of the most damaging things not damaging but one of the sort of most confusing things but For so much of the population recently has been this whole movement of like, oh, but it's natural sugar, so it's fine. It's still sugar. (laughs) It's still sugar. And yes, it is natural. And yes, it comes with more nutritive value than just the plain white table sugar. But at the end of the day, it has the same effect to our blood sugar levels. and, And that puts our bodies on
0: the back foot. I completely align with what you're saying in terms of this kind of emotional eating side of things Mm -hmm. um I've certainly struggled with that in the past is kind of eating in response to how I'm feeling so yeah if I'm feeling low if I'm feeling stressed or if I'm feeling anxious or if I am watching something and just eating mindlessly I think it's super important to kind of draw ourselves away from kind of eating out of emotion and just finding a more mindful attitude to nutrition Um,
2: which is hard because, you know, food is enjoyment and it's, and it's pleasure and it's all of these things. It's a very difficult picture and I think we just have to do our best.
0: Yeah, it is, it is hard, isn't it? Because it is something that I love. I'm such a foodie as well. Um, but I think it's just finding a healthy balance with it and not feeling like overwhelming feelings. Just so it's not a, not a factor in our lives that affects us massively in our mm. mood. Um, mm. I also just wanted to quickly speak about, you said it earlier in terms of being it's quite a selfish endeavor um, Mm -hmm. to focus on our nutrition. And I think it's really important as well to kind of draw that line between like being selfish and being self-caring because it's something that I've really struggled with Mm -hmm. Um, because I now take about an hour out of my day just to focus on myself, um, whether that's journaling, meditation. Yeah, I just, I I see it as something for me that is self-caring. But a few years ago, I'd have been like, that's just so selfish to take an hour out of my day myself Mm. myself. but in the way that i see it like being caring towards ourselves will give us that time to then be in a better position to aid other people so it's not really Mm. selfish
2: Mm. Um, yeah definitely i think you know our lives are so busy these days and we have different stress signals coming in from just left right and center everywhere and you know we all need to be doing those practices and finding those moments in a day that really ground us and, and really calm us down because that's going to have profound effects on our physiology. you know reducing stress will improve your health in in every regard. So I think, you know, as our lives get busier and especially as, you know, what's happening in the world gets more and more daunting, more and more confusing, taking those moments in our day to make us feel happy and grounded and centered is so, 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 so important. And it's one of the reasons that I added in breathwork to my um, list of qualifications because just wanted a tool that was really tangible, that could really help. My patient population and and other people, whether it's like online or doing retreats and stuff, it was something that people could take and just hold on to, and it has tangible benefits and it calms us down. And you know, we all need to find those things in our lives that that make us feel happy whether it is yoga, whether it's going for a cold water swim, whether it is doing breath work, whether it is dancing in the kitchen with your partner, and just do them more.
0: Completely. And most of these things are priceless as well. Totally. Yeah, Yeah, breath work's incredible. I, I was trained in the kind of pranayama through my yoga teacher training. And it's honestly just life changing. It's Mm. not. And I don't think people would ever kind of, and I don't think I would have expected that before either, but I just find it so, so beneficial, like you're saying. And yeah, I was going to speak to you about some of these healing practices, like cold water therapy and stuff, because you are you quite into the cold water swimming?
2: Hmm, I am, and it's so funny because like, it's only recently that people have given a name to it. Now I'm like a kind of like,
0: wild swim. Actually, in my head, I just like swimming. Yeah, no, literally, I've always the same. I've always loved going in the sea not really one for minding the cold but it's quite funny now it's become this kind of little like movement
2: hasn't it yeah and it's great because i think you know it does encourage people to get outdoors and to try something that they haven't done before um but for me it was always just the fact that i love water and whenever there was the opportunity to swim i would and like the same as you i never really minded if it was cold or if it was hot and i i wanted to build community in london which i feel is a very lonely and and isolating place and i just um yeah a lot of these like cold water swimming groups and stuff were starting up but there wasn't one in in london and i just thought i'll go for it and you know it's amazing seeing how that's grown Um, it's called nudge community on instagram and if anyone is london based listening to this and and wants friends to swim with post lockdown um then get in touch there and it's just wonderful And, and i'm so lucky now in cornwall to have this incredible group of girlfriends kind of spearheaded by my bestie Sophie Hellier, who's a a really passionate cold water swimmer and and surfer and she's grown up um, always by the ocean and she has this movement called Rise Fierce which is about waking up as a woman getting into some some water and just feeling like unbelievably fierce afterwards and just you know supporting each other and you know the cold water just like strips everything away Um, and you really have to just like center yourself in that moment because it's, it's very cold I just think it's a great thing to do
0: it's very empowering isn't it
2: yeah totally and you feel amazing afterwards
0: yeah you do I love it I love it um the last thing I want to speak to you actually before I'd love to speak to you for even longer obviously you so far this at the beginning but I'd love to go a little bit more into it is this traditional Chinese medicine yeah, um, i saw a quote literally just on instagram um before i started speaking to you and it was on you, have you listened to wrong and chastity's um podcast yeah yeah i love it but it was like a quote from one of his guests which is Anne Wigmore, and it said the food you can eat can either be the most powerful form of medicine or the slowest form of poison
1: oh um, love
0: that <laughs> loved and i was like, this is so i was like literally was like the top of my newsfeed. i was like this is so perfect um but i'd love to speak to you about traditional chinese medicine because i've heard of, i've heard a little bit about it it's very holistic isn't mm. it um, but mm. i'd love to just finish our conversation surrounding nutrition of how food really can be a, a, both a medicine and a poison
2: yeah so traditional chinese medicine is one of those ancient systems like ayurveda that's been around for absolute centuries and um food is a huge, huge part of it, but mainly when you go for, so I'll tell you about my experience. So when I go and see my Chinese medicine practitioner, he, um, he doesn't do acupuncture. He does, it's called qigong tuna I think and it's basically acupressure so it's using the meridian systems in the body and the acupressure points on those meridians but he just uses the pressure of his hands rather than needles um and it's so painful um but amazing and then and then the diet stuff is always really big for him he's always saying oh what are you eating what are you eating and it's always so it seems to be quite at odds with the western like version of of kind of healthy and, and non-healthy foods. Like definitely, he was always really big on milk, really wanting me to have a lot of milk, um, eggs like every morning were crucial. And you know, the, um, the amazing thing is that every time I did what he said, I would feel better. And I never really understood why. Um, I did then go and study um, s- some elements, like five element traditional um, Chinese medicine with my auricular acupuncture course so I do auricular acupuncture which is just acupuncture of the ear Um, and that that kind of like you know made made a lot of it make sense for me Um, but I think with any of these ancient systems the thing to appreciate is that their knowledge is different to ours but so expansive so expansive, and and you know the experience that my Chinese doctor had over years and years and years and years and years of of, um, treating patients it's just like unparalleled um and I always remember when I so when I was 17 I ended up in hospital with a huge ovarian cyst um Gosh. just like came out of nowhere and it was really really nasty and that happened in summertime. and in the January before that so in winter before this happened I was having um I remember just having like really terrible pain in my stomach um And I was just really unwell for kind of two weeks like very very sick. I remember going to my Chinese doctor and he gave me some um, herbs and it completely went away. I I felt amazing and you know granted actually it did progress and get worse and I needed surgery and and that's where Western medicine is fantastic but the power of of, I don't know what was in in those herbs, the little tablets he gave me was just amazing. Um, and I just, I'm just really into Chinese medicine. It's very, very simple. It's like, you know, in the winter, lots of warming foods, um, ginger and spices to, to keep the body warm. Um, it's all about, you know, there's no kind of excess. It's it's like, you just need, and, and again, it's, you know, he's, he encourages you to eat meat and, and dairy and everything, but it's like a very, very little amount of everything. You never yeah. want to overburden the the body with huge meals because you want to keep that kind of internal fire going and it's not for everyone because it's difficult to understand and I think a lot of people need like you know evidence and studies and and etc etc but I love it and it's just it just fascinates me Chinese medicine and um if I could become a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner I 100% would but um I believe you have to study in China so that's not going to happen
0: in the next few years (laughs) what's happening Um, it's so interesting though isn't it I love it there's so much to say about it I would love to speak to you about so many more things but I probably should wrap up and I know that you're very busy so (laughs) I'll come to the final it's been
2: amazing talking to
0: you oh thank you but I have my final three questions so we can just answer these briefly I ask these to every guest Um, so the first one is Is there one thing that you do every day to feel your absolute best? Uh,
2: Yes. Um, When I wake up, the first thing I do is go outside to get some full spectrum light in my eyes, on my skin, and help me regulate my circadian rhythm and just, yeah, ground me in nature and just it makes you feel amazing.
0: I think that's lovely, actually. I should really start doing that. I think that's so nice. The second question is Is there a goal you have or a way you want to grow in the next year?
2: yes i guess so i i don't know i i have like written down goals but i always just sort of i work really hard and i'm I'm a very driven person so i i tend to just like let myself you know if i'm not feeling it i won't push myself i'm, I'm very much of that mindset but mm-hmm. um i wrote a book last year um and i was talking to a, a book agent about it and it just didn't go anywhere and i feel like A lot's changed in my life since I wrote that, but I'd love to revisit it and write it again. And I don't know what kind of shape or form it's going to take yet and how it's going to help people, but I would love to publish a book one day.
0: Well, I would definitely buy that book. Manifest it. I'm manifesting it. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) That's really exciting, though. I I love the idea of having a project like that, kind of not sure how it's going to take form, but kind of in the works
2: yeah definitely
0: really cool okay so the final question is do you have a mantra or a quote that you align to in life for positivity
2: so no I've never been someone for like affirmations and stuff like that but when I was super unwell I started doing this thing where every time I would go for a swim or go into cold water or like sit in nature i'd like tread water and i'd say to myself i'm happy i'm calm i'm stress-free and it works so well if you just tell yourself that and i could just feel my stress levels reducing and you know i would always feel happier after that and i think you know there is a lot of power in, in affirmations and manifestations um, I don't do it all the time anymore because I am just like pretty happy these days and, and you know life is good but whenever I feel like I need it I always come back to that just to take the edge off and just lower my stress and yeah feel good.
0: No, I think that's great and there, you're like you're saying there is so much power and affirmation and it just just like ground us in the present moment um, mm-hmm. I think it's super powerful Totally. Um, yeah thank you so so much for coming on the podcast I've loved no, it's been so, so nice, much. thank you for having me No, not at all. It's been great. and Yeah, I can't wait for everyone to hear it. I can't thank Grace enough for coming on the podcast this week. It was so great to hear all about how we can nutritionally nourish ourselves in a holistic way. Have a lovely day wherever you are.